Hey everybody, welcome back to the College Football Uncensored Podcast, brought to you by Saturday Down South. I'm your host, Tyler Huck, and my co-host here, Chris Marler. Chris, what the f- happened this weekend? It was awesome. <laughs> it was so much fun. For some people. Yeah, you guys lost. Did your kicker, your kicker... Uh, swung and missed on a he whiffed kick. yeah yeah it was a microcosm of the season I so good word I've I've um I've struck out in softball before um like it, like it was looking to be fair but still like I've, I've, that's happened to me Th- that seems that worse? worse so I, I'll, to be to be a thousand percent honest I'm not trying to defend myself here but I will <laughs> it was when I was like 18 we're at a fucking church league and it, the the sun was setting like in center field. So it's like I couldn't see anything. And like right, the first right. pitch goes over my head. He's like, strike. And I was like, what? And then, and then he's like, yeah, like strike. I was like, everything then. Yeah. Was, it, he took me out of, the, out of my bed. It was not good. Um, it's an up show. Out this there. weekend was, was awesome, man. It was, it was a, it was a lot of fun for one. Um, I didn't have that much fun for a couple of hours during the middle of the day. Uh, neither did anybody in the house that was here because Rich's whole family was in town for Thanksgiving. Shout out to the Janowskis and sorry for me. Um, sorry for being me. Like, like from start to finish, it was like, I mean, obviously tech was a blowout. The Michigan yeah. Ohio state game was like perfect because it, it like, they just dominated. They let that dominate. They, they let them the whole way. It, it was like never technically in doubt. Like, they, like Michigan never doubted they were going to win. That's, that's true. I, I got to, before we get into these games though, well, I've been talking about how the NFL and college football are becoming one at this point. Like college football is just becoming the NFL, and the off this off season starting today is going to be bananas because this Lincoln Riley move to USC is about to just create the craziest domino effect. I feel like not only with coaches but with players yeah. because you could see Caleb Williams go to USC. You could see the number one QB that was committed to Oklahoma uh, for for next year go to USC. You've already seen Jack Miller from Ohio State, who was a five star. He entered the transport portal tonight, and I think it's going to be just an insane Wait, domino effect. Yes, the quarterback Jack Miller. Yes. Why? Well, I don't know. You got CJ Stroud and Quinn Ewers. Yeah, why the fuck would you go there in the first place, idiot? Like, like what are you well, on I, you, dude? For me, I would have thought maybe Quinn Ewers would have gone somewhere else. He's actually the younger one, but either way, no. it's gonna—it's about to be insane. Um, yeah. And you talk about how the NFL fills the headlines, no matter if it's the middle of October or the middle of May. Mm-hmm. I feel like college football is getting the same way. Like there, there's the transfer portal and the coaching. Because just wait till we get to after signing day. When half oh. these position coaches get fired, get them through right. the signing day so these kids sign, and then you fire them. There's it's going to be insane, like all the way yeah. through next year. I and I will it. say that I I've said this for I've said this before. Like I I hate the new early signing day. I just hate it. Oh, it's it, the worst. It's the worst. Um, and it, it's like you know from trying to be able to pay attention standpoint, it's a it, it's a remarkable job done by these coaches that they're able to stay on that much on top of that much many things because like. You know, in the past, it was like, all right, you know, you, you got some recruits coming on campus, you're recruiting them, you got a couple early commits. But, you know, like the, the five weeks or so after the season's over, you know, or depending on when you when you played, is like, that's when you focus on all that. And you get everyone on campus, all that kind of shit. Um, well, think about a new coach really, like like Billy Napier. Right. 
Like he comes in like for 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 Lincoln Riley, he's going to poach half that class from Oklahoma, and they're going to go to USC with him. I mean, the first thing go, they said. So exactly, number one running back in the nation said, uh, "I'll probably go to USC now." But like, if you're a Billy Napier who's coming from Louisiana Lafayette, you don't necessarily want those recruits at Florida. So what the hell are you going to do in the next right. two weeks to even have a recruiting class when eighty five percent of the cosplay? <laughs> yeah. 85% of the kids signed December 15th. You know, that's and December that's 15th. Yes. That's even earlier. And he's coaching all of this coming week. He's coaching ULL in the conference championship game, I think. So that gives you I, what, I just, two weeks to recruit and put together a class? At most. And so, and so basically, you're saying that the first year, you're definitely not going to have your players, and it's going to be like an install where you're just trying to like teach everyone your system and, and, and get everyone bought, bought into the culture. And you're, it's basically a wasted year. Like, like, mm-hmm. you know, like it, it's like a, it's like a trial period, but it's like a training time, right? Like it's almost like, like you're just in a training period. And mm-hmm. then next year, cause like, that's what you're gonna have to tell the boosters is then mm-hmm. next year, we're going to, we're going to start like, you know, we'll start seeing some differences and some changes, blah, blah, blah. And the truth is, especially in this conference, you don't get that amount of time anymore. No. Everything is so hyper-focused and like, like you talked about, it's gonna not gonna slow down from now until next next season or next off season, whatever it be. Like, I remember saying this like two years ago when they they changed the the signing day and then the transfer portal came in, all this other stuff, and and like people were were talking about like you know how's that gonna affect like recruits? They get upset about playing time, and it was like I that's the farthest thing from my mind because we we none of us think that like any college football coach is necessarily underpaid, right? Like ever, right? But Especially I remember talking, to, right? And I remember talking to Chuck Smith about this because it was like, you know, he played in the NFL. He, he's on that TV show with me, and he's like, he he coached at Tennessee for one year, and he quit because it was so much to deal with with like having to recruit these kids because you have to like just be constantly yeah. sucking up to these 17, 18 year old kids. And, and I remember he said he went on vacation for his anniversary, and and uh, who was that number nine? Uh, Steph, Stephon Truitt or um, oh, from uh, Notre Dame? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He showed up unannounced for like a, an unofficial in the summer, and it, he was he was like his recruiter, and they were like, "Where the fuck are you?" And he's like, "I'm on vacation right now, like I'm in like yeah. fucking Aruba, like like." So it's just one of those things where it's like you, it never stops. And honestly, like I, we shit on Dan Mullen and for a lot of good reasons, but like, my God, man, I, I don't know how you have a family. I don't know how you have any time to do anything for yourself. Or get right. like a down, like downtime. It's just crazy. It's just crazy. And it, and to your point before, think about Dan Mullen. Like he came into Florida and immediately was successful. And granted, right. yes, they weren't his players, but like he had that team playing at a very good level. Where last mm-hmm. year, you know, they're despite the four losses in a crazy year, like their team looked pretty damn good for a lot of the time. Yeah. Defense maybe not so much, but the offense was incredible. The first year he was bad, they're like, fuck it, you're out. We got to get somebody else in here. And granted, it seems like he may have lost the locker room a bit. Obviously, they played inspired football this weekend. Mm -hmm. But it's like, man, you know, it's just a grinder. And and that's why, like, I'm hearing this narrative now, like, oh, Lincoln Riley just wants to avoid the SEC. Yeah, he probably does. does. He probably does. You know, honestly, (laughs) and and like, as somebody that works in in a job that's a thousand percent based on like, you know, like gassing up the SEC. The, the whole thing with Dan Mullen, what's, what's crazy about that is not just, I, 
I understand how things looked and at the end of the two wins and 11 games, whether it's power five teams and all that kind of shit. But you think about where this program was before and everyone always talks about how it's like, Oh, well, you know, they, they've been, they're so far away from where they were with like the, the Mullen days. And I mean, the uh, urban Meyer days and the Spurrier days. And it's like, you know, calendars are far away from that because it's been over a decade for one. Mm-hmm. And two, you were, you were like run into the ground from, from, Muschamp and then McElwain just uh, like awful. Like, I mean, awful and, and became like, this like, like bizarre laughing stock almost of like the East. And if not the conference, then your coach is fucking a shark, all this different stuff going on. And you bring in Dan Mullen and he goes 21 and five, his first two years and gets to a new year's six bowl, all three years. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. And, and listen, I was, I was on the, the same, I was banging the drum, like, get him out, man. He, he's he's got to fucking go. But it's right. it's just crazy how that is that's where we are in this day and age of, of college football. And you said the thing about the SEC, I, I completely agree with you. Yeah, it's like the, there's there's gonna be a certain people out there that, that would say, okay, yes, obviously the SEC day in, day out, that it's the biggest competition on the field and off the field, by the way, with recruiting. Yeah. But there's something to be said for the way that like what Clemson outside of this year has become or like what I think Lincoln Riley could do at USC, which is like, yeah, okay, that's fine. You, you can mock us all you want for our regular season where we play Utah and Oregon and that's about it. But when we win two championships in six years, you can't take those away from us. So I don't give a shit. What national championships? Yes. Like, like Clemson, like think about Clemson. They won two championships and it's like, yes, the ACC is garbage, but it's like, they still won the championship and you can't take it away from them. You can talk shit about their schedule. It's fine. They still have a trophy hanging up. And yeah. it's like, there's something to be said for being out at USC. And first of all, you're in a talent rich state. And when USC is yeah. going, you're going to get all those kids. I guess. I think, yeah, I, I just don't, I don't know if that's the case anymore. Cause I just don't know if there's that many, like, I, I, I don't know. I, I, you're probably right. I just, don't, I don't know if that's the case because, because one thing too, is that like, I remember this, this was like a narrative, not even that long ago or not a narrative, but like, you know, what should factor into your decision is, you know, you want to pick the best school for you. You want to, you want to pick what like feels at home for you. Because if you say like, Oh, I'm, I'm going to go play for this coach and he leaves because of his own best interest or whatever, like, like mm-hmm. you're, what do you like? Why'd you fucking go there in the first place? Right. And, and we saw it happen more and more and more. That's kind of why the transfer portal was even started, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. And so you watch that all happen. And then you think about like, okay, it, are kids like, like, and I said this to Arch Manning too, if you're the quarterback like that and you're the number one player in the country and all kind of shit and you three and done, like I'm going to the NFL, you don't give a shit about going to Ole Miss because it's like pretty girls and your, your, you know, family went there. You go to Ole Miss because whoever the play caller is is going to put you like in the starting job right away. And he's going to put you in the best position to develop and get to the NFL as quickly as possible. Like put up good numbers. Don't put me in a shitty offense. There you go. That's why Sark, that's why Texas was a finalist. And, and now you don't really, I don't know if as many people besides like two-star white fullbacks are, are picking schools just because of the school. True. True. But think about the town. LA is a cool destination. I mean, that's what people are like, why would you leave Oklahoma? Why wouldn't you go to LSU over USC? It's like, uh, okay, would you rather live in Norman, Oklahoma, in Ridgeland, Louisiana, no offense, or Los Angeles, California? Well, um, with the recent events from the summer, I would say that 
I, any other city besides LA or somewhere in Oregon. But I mean, like, but you're not, I mean, you're not wrong. Like, like, you know, as much as we joke around about that, like I've told you guys before, like we were, Allie and I were like fully planning on moving out there because it, like the West coast is awesome. Yeah. It's just, it's fucking great. It's a different world, but real quick when you say that it like as a, as a recruit, I don't know if LA, like if I'm fucking 18, like I, but the I, I don't think I that to, they could do out there though. That's also true. I didn't think about that. I was just thinking about drink prices. That's where my brain was going. It's like an 18 year old, but, yeah. but like if he goes out there and, and he's anybody that thinks that he's going to like go eight and five and they're going to be a non-factor, you're wrong. Cause he's, oh he's been God. a great recruiter. Yeah. But also like, I just, you know, like, like Peter Burns said this and it was the first thought I had. And it's almost exactly what I said about Brett Bielema a couple weeks ago. This is not a cowardly move. This isn't like, Hey, you know, I don't want to avoid the SEC because I'm scared. This is a this is a really good career decision from Lincoln Riley, and we'll make fun of it for sure. Yeah, because but like, it wasn't like it was his decision to go to the SEC in the first place. Like, I'm not trying to fucking go play all of those teams. And if anything, honestly, <coughs> excuse me, it's a risk for him. Mm-hmm. You could have stayed. Oklahoma's a destination job. You could have stayed there, right. and they would have given you so much leeway. You you could have right. had you could have gone out next year and had a losing season, and they'd be like, Lincoln, look. Let's right. get you more. Let's get you more. You know, buildings. Let's get you more staff. Let's let's. Right. You know, you go to USC and something goes wrong, you have a chance to derail your career. Now he has enough confidence in himself, obviously, to do it. But well, um, it's a risk. It's, as fast as he could derail it in the SEC. True. True. There's there's definitely more leeway out there for sure. All right. So crazy shit's happening. Um, you know, Lincoln Riley to USC, obviously. And we could probably talk more once the full coaching cycle is done on all these coaches, because certainly there, there's that to talk about. Obviously, Billy Napier was hired today at Florida officially. Um, Let's talk about that for a second, and then just that, the dominoes that are that are falling, or or we think are going to fall, or I don't know. Well, there's I don't so know. much that, shit going I, on. You, I think you may be more plugged in th- than me because I was when when Lincoln Riley went to LSU or went to USC. I tweeted out um, leverage state university because LSU seems like they always get leveraged Good. for some other coach to get more money somewhere else. Right. And maybe I have, you know, some home team bias because every year like Jimbo Fisher at LSU, Jimbo Fisher at LSU, and then he'd get a pay raise at Florida state. And it's like, um, and it would publicly happen. And I mean, sometimes like, LSU's AD, who is now the old AD, just looks like a complete idiot. Right. And then Napier goes to Florida, same day, obviously. And I'm like, who who the hell is well, LSU? We've we've seen Aranda extend. Yeah, right we've after seen... I made that tweet about my surfers. <laughs> yeah. Um, People love that. They were they handled that really well. So where where does LSU go? Um because Napier is so right I, there in state, and if Florida thinks he's good enough, you would think they LSU don't give a would shit too. about who's in state. Like, they'll, they'll, I mean, like logistically, it'd be easier to move him. That, like they said from the beginning, and he's got the recruiting is, ties now. Like he's in Louisiana. Yeah, one hundred percent. He's in the high schools. I mean, he's not recruiting the same kid as LSU, but right, you're still talking to the same coach that all the kids have. But I mean, right. I don't no, know. But, so my main, I'm not convinced that, like, on Napier yet. I, I'm just worried for him because it's such a tall task we've got to go into. We, and we talked about this last night. We did this Twitter space with some some buddies of ours, and it was uh, it was interesting because we were talking about like you know that job. I mean, it's it, this purely came down to the fact that it was like okay, like 
the reason why Billy Napier was hired is because Billy Napier told them yes. And, and then also kind of like forced their hand into a, like agreeing on some things that were like non-negotiables. So he would be in a position to, to succeed, which is brilliant on his part because for the longest time and like in any job almost, and and like, especially in a job like this, it's like, well, you know, you're, you're lucky because now we're, we're going to be a power five job, you know, that you've always dreamed of and at a blue blood program or whatever. And so you don't have to coach at fucking Louisiana Lafayette anymore. And in the past, I've been like, well, this is a great, you know, career opportunity. Napier flat out, like the negotiations they were having, Napier told them like, if this, this, and this don't happen, if you don't invest this amount. And, and I think the, the phrase I kept hearing was do what it takes to win in the recruiting world. Right. I'm not going. And, and like, I'm not saying that means, Hey, you got to start, you got to start buying players because Florida has been notorious about not doing that for some reason. Now, I guess with Mullen, I don't think that was the same with Meyer, but like they've been notorious about like being like very staunch about not doing that. Billy Napier, when he was at Alabama was able to get into Miami and recruit Jerry Judy and Amari Cooper out of there, which both won the Blitnikoff. They were huge recruits and that's, you know, right in their backyard. He's got to get in that territory now. But the fact that like, like the, doing what it takes to, to win, like, like, you know, doing the stuff that, that you need to compete again, the first thing Kirby said when he got there was like, you need to get, you need to up the recruiting thing. They didn't have an indoor f- uh, football facility. They, they did the locker room and all that kind of shit. But the first thing he said was I need more money to recruit. And he has a million dollars more than any other fucking team in the country to recruit. So what are you yeah, going to do get on that level? Yeah. Yeah, and that's so. We'll stick on Napier for a second. I, I that's where if if you're a Florida fan, you, you're buoyed by that because yeah, you could say, man, we just hired a guy from the Sun Belt. Like, very excited. Great, he's had a lot of his success, but like, okay, the Sun Belt does he know what it takes? Like, keep in mind, he's been on staffs that know what it takes. He's been around programs, Clemson, Alabama, that know what it takes on the recruiting trail. And like you said, he. Saban put him in Miami and he landed blue chipper after blue chipper. Um, tough to say if that's more because it was Alabama. Yeah, we had the resources for sure. Right. But like was Napier himself landing those kids or was it the Alabama? Was it Saban? Was it the whole allure of Bama? Because right. it's been very well documented that Florida, Florida State, Miami have been down for a while now. Well, I will say that like going to going to Bama when they're winning championships. And again, maybe this has shifted a little bit, but like if I'm, if I'm a Mark, if first of all, if I'm from fucking bell glades, if I'm three Oh five in Miami, I probably don't give a shit about school ties unless it's Miami. You know what I mean? Like, like that's a, that's not the best neighborhood to grow up in. Like, and this is not me trying to like, you know, um, stereotype or anything like that, but it's like that, that entire like, a realm of like football from like peewee to, to high school to college is pretty fucking intense. Right. And and, yeah. and it's all about getting out of there for the most part. There's, this mm-hmm. is, you don't see fucking, you don't see like Arch Manning type games in Miami where it's like, Oh, well country day beat Baptist prep 42 to seven. Like that's not what's fucking happening. There's like fist mm-hmm. fights in the parking lot and they're like gambling thousands of dollars on the games. So I think that Napier being able to go down there and sell those two kids to come to Alabama at a time when you Judy's a little bit different with with Cooper, it's like, hey, um, we don't throw the ball that much. 
We're, we're, you know, I formation, whatever. Here's all the running backs we've signed. You should right. come play receiver for us and, and maybe get a thousand yards. True. Uh, that's a good point. Um, so yeah, Nap- you know, I think Napier could be good, but again, we thought Muschamp would be good. We thought McElwain would be good. So we did think Muschamp was going to be good. I forgot about that. Yeah, this was, yeah. I mean, he was a hot, like when they got Muschamp, I was like, damn, that's a, Saban oh, coaching waiting at Texas this is the yeah. first one we ever saw. Um, so no, I, I, I agree you never know. And Tom, Tom Fornelli, I don't know if you follow him from CBS. Um, he, uh, he tweeted out today. Every time someone gets hired, he goes, it seems like a great hire for Florida USC, whoever's hiring it, but I just don't know how it's going to work out because that, that's pretty much, it's like a, right. a coin flip. Unless you're a top three coach, it's a coin flip. It, it, there's so many things that go into it now. It, it's not it, like, it's not just the fact that like, oh, you know, this guy, this this coach is just a great uh, offensive mind, or he's he's been coaching, you know, them boys for sixty years or whatever. Like, it's like, okay, you have to go get the staff. They have to all be on board. They have to buy in. They have to. They also have to not leave for better opportunities because because that's like honestly, man, I feel like Bama had like one fucking offensive coordinator my entire childhood. It was like Homer. What's his name? Like Homer Smith or some shit. Like it was like a ridiculous name, but like, like I don't remember them this constant like turnover of, all right, we've got a new offensive coordinator, defense coordinator. It's like this. It, it, it's just everyone's everyone's constantly trying to, in the same with the transfer portal, you know, I guess either reinvent themselves or get get like like take the next step as like or use a job as a stepping stone. It's it's a lot. And people are quick to act to fire and mm-hmm. and maybe this is a seamless transition in the case of this next coach maybe you should wait around and, and be patient michigan you called it chris i thought oh, we're say we, gonna, what we didn't even talk about hypo real quick who hypo because the dominoes that are falling now about like we don't know who's gonna go to lsu it, like it, it's already hypo. being reported is it's been it was reported within like ten minutes that that like Hypel was being contacted and pursued by Oklahoma. I feel like that's not going to happen. That's not a good hire for them. Why? Like what? What has he done? I mean, look, Tennessee. Obviously, they've done better than I thought they would. But like, what has he right. done that makes you makes him a slam dunk hire at Oklahoma? I don't know if he's a slam. I mean, he he played there. I mean, he was a, I, yeah, he was a there, successful coach there. He was like Scott Frost says hello. Yeah, that's different though because nobody wants to go to fucking Nebraska. Um, True. Like, is even though it's called Norman, Oklahoma, um, I think people. I mean, obviously, recruits still going there. Like, if you're getting like you know Hazelwood and shit like that to go there, I think you'll be fine. But like that guy is, he had the one bad year at UCF, but to go do what he did this year, I, yeah, I agree with you. Like, I, I think that like I I wouldn't also it'd be fucking weird if he went to Oklahoma. Like that far away, and there's like, by the way, I'm back. Like, and you're and you're moving into a tougher division or pod. I I agree with what you're saying. I don't I don't know if it happens. And I honestly, I kind of hope it doesn't for Tennessee because yeah. I would feel bad. But this would not be the first time we've seen a coach leave after one season and be like, no, no, no we're fine. Love you too. We talking about yeah. Lane? What Lane train? Let's talk about Michigan though. It might happen with Harson too um, at Auburn. By the way, what? Um, what? Hold yeah, on. there's a there's a lot of rumors there that um, the boosters wouldn't be sad to see him go if like Washington wanted to hire him. 
So and, I heard uh, his AD's getting fired. Like this, he's like already he's already out. And apparently, like not to get like into this, we won't have to comment on it. But like, he doesn't want to get the the jab. And like, oh, that's been a big thing in the media. Yeah, and like, <laughs> apparently, like Auburn has a real problem with it. So, all the play doesn't play in Washington as we've seen. <clears throat> but I don't know. I mean, the problem they should have with him is his fucking genes and the way his entire family looks. But like, like in like, because they're they're all attractive people. They just are like scary. Six Flags over Georgia or six like Six Flags over Jesus type churches. It's like, ooh. Um, but I so as you say that real quick, and we'll get into the games. Um, but I was told this morning from from um, a, a buddy of mine that I trust. It was like, it, like the AD's gone. It, like this, he's just been yeah. Like he, yeah. he's already been basically. He's still in the position, but he's like transitioned out and phased out and. And a lot of it's because they're like frustrated that he didn't fire Malzahn earlier. And then I think Harson's good, man. I really do. And I don't think anything that's happened this weekend would dissuade that opinion, but he did lose three games that he had double digit leads in. Um, quickly on the LSU job, who do you think takes it? Coach O. I just, I don't know how he doesn't, you know what I mean? I think, um, well, let's talk about his, his exit later. Cause it was fucking legendary. Um, I, I just like it's not it's not any of the three guys they said they were going after, right? It's not Napier, it's not Aranda, it's not it's not Riley. what's his name. Yeah. I, I don't I mean like so now they're back on the lane thing. Oh, did I don't you know see why the, Lane would go do you see the picture he tweeted out tonight? Uh uh-uh. uh. Go check your Twitter while we're sitting here. He tweet uh, and I'll I'll just describe it so we it's not weird, awkward, uh like radio, but like he just tweeted no, no words, just a picture of a Louisiana license plate to like state that he's in Louisiana. Like it was just on a random car. <laughs> hey, okay, it's like so he, he's it's like it's almost like he want he's like I, I need my name to be in the news a little bit more. I, I'm I'm sick of Lincoln Riley and all these guys getting all this pub. So let me just tweet this out and just set the world on fire. What I don't get about that is it's funny if you're if you're trolling other fans, right? But that fan base, it's like trolling your own fan base. It's like it's like, like if you if you had a, a history of infidelity, like and then you're like I'm over it though. Like like trust me, I've grown up, I got it. Like you know, babe, like I love you. Like the only advice for you. And then it was like, you go to the fucking mall, and you just tweet a picture of like Victoria's Secret. Like what the fuck are you doing, dude? Like these are that's how like everyone a, has like the a, trust issues. That's like a 2003 reference. Went to the mall. Like, Oh yeah, that's fair. <laughs> when was the last time you went to a mall? Um, Tyler, <laughs> when do you think? <laughs> anyway, uh, um, okay. So, so LSU, you're not sure. I mean, we were just discussing before the pod. You brought it up an interesting name. I'm not. Who? Come on. Who? Jimbo. Who? Okay. So, real quick, and and people are gonna are gonna to this, but um. Sideshow side Rich and, and multiple people, to be honest, <laughs> rich. think that um, think there's a really good possibility that Jimbo still is in play. And I, honestly, okay, here, just hear me out here. All right, all right. All of these other things have happened, right? He's not going to get a better contract, most likely. But we've seen Jimbo do this before where he's like, he gets all of the things he could ask for and more and then shits the bed. Yeah. I'm not saying he did it this season, but he went eight and four 
and Chris Dorn brought up a good point saying they, they spent their entire offseason talking about beating Bama and didn't focus on anyone and else. And they did that. <laughs> and they did and they that. And he it. still went eight and four. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> that guy, the moment he starts getting, I feel like, pushback from, like, boosters and people that are like, like, like when, when people are stuck in Jimbo's dick, like, he, oh, man, he's, he could not be happier. Like, he, yeah. like, yeah, you're great. I love being here. Yep. And then. Things go wrong. I, he can't, yeah, he can't handle the heat. Teeth. Yeah, that was a very aggressive reference. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. I've mentioned it before and hell man, I, I think it was my hot take like back in like, who knows, who fucking knows, like the middle of summer. Cause we were trying to right. come up with content, <laughs> but uh-huh. yeah, but that'd be hilarious if it came true. Uh, I, I know from folks that are like close to Florida state that LSU is definitely his dream job. Like he always talked about how much he loved it there when he worked there. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people thought he would eventually end up there, which is why, you know, the public flirtation every year with them when he was Florida State's coach was annoying, but it also felt like it was always going to happen. Right. That's, the only shock of him leaving was actually him going to Texas A&M and not LSU. Um, it was so a shock. I, w- I wouldn't be totally shocked if he went to LSU, but man, I mean, the dude's got a guaranteed contract that, that lasts another six years. He just got a raise. He's got an incredible recruiting class coming in. But I don't know where else LSU is going. Like they said, everyone's been talking about how Scott Woodward likes to make the splash hires. Like, right. what kind of splash hire are you going to make right now? That that seems feasible, at least right now. But it's a cannonball. They're probably a fat guy. Yeah. yeah. All right. Should we get into the games? Fine. All right. I feel like we got to start in Ann Arbor um, because we previewed this game and I said Ohio State was going to be the shit out of Michigan. You said Michigan was actually going to win. Took 14 weeks and I finally got one right. <laughs> there, it's it's there's no way to really tell if it was just because you hate Ohio State or you actually thought Michigan was going to win. But that is a very accurate point. It's just like how <laughs> I predict Bama games. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm panicking the whole time. <laughs> but this was from the get go, and, and I think a lot of it had to do with it was in Michigan, obviously, and it was snowing, which is a perfect for the kind of football that Michigan excels at this year, which is running the ball, playing tough defense, and is not great if you're like a spread, air it out, have your QB throw for 400 yards game every game. Mm-hmm. Or or if you're a kind of a, what's it called, like when you uh, a kind of a don't play anybody on the fucking road ever, and you get to play these like these home games against ranked teams, and you go one and two against them, or you get shit kicked in against, uh, against Oregon, and then you go play the worst pass defense in the country, and everyone thinks you're the fucking greatest, so you move to number two. And yeah. CJ Stroud becomes the Heisman Trophy winner. You're like that kind of team too. Yeah, true. Yeah, that that same so kind of team. Um, and I didn't give enough mi- uh, credit to Michigan when they when before this game. I mean, right? Uh, they they're clearly a very balanced offense. I mean, Hassan Haskins this weekend was ridiculous on the ground. 169 yards, five touchdowns. Um, and then Corum, who's like they're kind of the one two. He only had six carries. And he took that for 87 yards. Um, and it's like from the get go, they dominated, like yeah. took the ball, drove 75 yards down Ohio state's throat for a touchdown and never first really drive. let up. Yeah. First drive. Um, their defensive line, particularly their pass rushers are just legit. Great, Four sacks, yeah. eight tackles for loss on the day. My favorite thing about this game didn't even come in the game. It was after the game when Harbaugh said some people were born on third Fuck, base yeah. and think they hit a triple, which is just, yep. it would be like, what's another ride? It would be like 
Tennessee beating Alabama after all these years of not ever beating Alabama and then their head coach being like, you know, some people that just, and this may be like Saban's retired and, and Dabo's the coach. Some people, you know, they were just, they were just uh, born on third base and think they had a triple, just all the confidence in the world. First time he's ever beat Ohio state. Right. I mean, it, like in, in day, I think Ryan is a good coach. Yeah. And he recruits. Remember when, I mean, remember when PFF, they're, they're not like the best people to reference a lot, but like, one thing I thought was interesting is they, they didn't have him in like the top 20. Mm-hmm. And I remember it's like, I was like, that's kind of fucking stupid. Cause of like his, you know, the small sample size, but his resume is good. And you're at Ohio state. If you can't fucking win at Ohio state, like, I mean, mm-hmm. like you have a national, like you, you have a the national footprint Like you recruit wherever you want. And like, I mean, and he was handed the keys of that, like awkwardly several times during the, the, the urban Meyer uh, era. And then like, just seamless transition. You, you have a, the number one quarterback in the country at your, at, you know, and these the incredible receivers. And I, I thought this was awesome. Har, like Harbaugh being silent this whole fucking time, knowing that he's been like shit on nonstop. No, he can't be the guy he was in 2015. It's like, oh, come down here to the SEC and for these recruiting camps. And, you know, I don't think we have the money to compete or like whatever it is. He's like, he is not, he doesn't have a leg to stand on. Like he's just like basically one bullet left. Like, and you cannot fucking waste it. And and he just sat there. He took a he took a pay cut. Yeah. And it was like, you know what? We'll be fine. Just we'll ride it out. Damn. And there's something to be said for, <clears throat> you know, being patient. Now look, he, he's been there for what eight or nine years. Right. So it's like no, no, no. He's like six. Six. Either way, that yeah. if you're if you lose to your rival every single year for your six first six years at a school. And there's a couple of those years where you're like losing three, four or five games a year in the SEC, you're, you're out, you know? And for yeah. Harbaugh, look, he's going to be, I mean, assuming they beat Iowa next weekend, I mean, they're, they're in the college football playoff and I think they got a good shot. I mean, outside of Georgia, they got a good shot as anybody else is going to be in the playoff. You know, isn't it funny though? If they play, like, if they play like they did. Now, I will say, I think right. there is something too. They played at home and they played in that weather. I really do. Like, if they played this game in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I don't know that Ohio State doesn't win just as easily as the Michigan one. I don't think that's true because I think that they have so many flaws that were exposed this weekend. Like, like I don't. Yeah, their defense. Ohio State didn't lose because of the fucking weather. Ohio State had the 98th ranked pass defense in the country. They hadn't played anybody that was that tough. Like it was a physical football team that that like lines up and says, you know what, we're gonna run the fucking ball right here, so you can try and stop it. And they were like, and they never know. did. Like Michigan average third down to to go was like three yards. And every time they get a conversion, they're like, but did you see Chris Olave? What a catch! Like I mean, I, I just I hate Ohio State, and I will admit that that maybe part of my my analysis of this is skewed, but I will tell you. The reason they lost that game is because they're fucking soft because of the, the schedule they've already played and they were not prepared to beat a team like that. And what I, I told you, they weren't mad enough to do, do that for 60 minutes. Was that the team I said it about? Uh, maybe. Probably. Okay. Um, but it is interesting. The two teams they played that do focus on line play, Oregon and Michigan, mm-hmm. they got destroyed by. So, yeah. Um, I don't think anyone's, you know, sad for Ohio State, obviously. Um, Michigan State or Michigan now looks like they're poised to be in the college football playoff, barring uh, you know a win over Iowa next week in Indianapolis. Um, 
Damn, if they lost, and then somebody who lost him from the SEC. Yeah, no, and then Notre Dame gets in. Um, so yeah, good for good for Jim Harbaugh, even though he's kind of a douche. Um, and good. For, I liked him after that comment he made. It for real. <laughs> good, good for Michigan. Uh, any more comments on this game? No, I just thought it was impressive. It was a good win, and you're right about Hutchinson. He's really good. Um, when do you want to talk about Auburn Alabama? You want to do? You want to save that one? <laughs> up to you man like i, I know let's i know the whole world it. wanted to talk about it i'll tell you that well let's save let's save that we one. should probably get into it to be honest <laughs> or, like, no, you, do you want to save it to the end and, and and we'll we'll talk about it in depth like he's like yeah yeah let's because honestly it wasn't the best game of the day i mean it was no not at all it was until the the big 10 football last game. minute it was one of the more boring games to watch honestly i mean it's never gonna be boring once the iron bowl um, and you got a close game. I fucking hate oh, man. here. You know, yeah, at one point, I, mean, I sent out a text to my buddies. I was like, if I told you it was, I can't remember what it was, like the third quarter, and I and Auburn has 116 total yards, what do you think the score would be? And it was like Alabama by three touchdowns easily. Yeah. yeah. Easily. Cool you text your other buddies in the game days and stuff. Um, emotionally, uh, I was not doing uh, well. Yeah, I was about to say, I was reading your tweets, and I didn't think it was appropriate to text you at the time. Wait, what do you mean? What do you mean reading my tweets? I was spot on with everything I said besides the I'm not saying you were prediction. irrational, but clearly there was a lot of emotion, as there would no. be an Iron Bowl. What did I say that was emotional? Chris. You, during are the you game. Ta- are, you, are you telling me that you weren't emotional during the game? I, no, so listen, I will say that once the, <laughs> once the game, I fully accepted that we we had lost. I was on the phone with my buddy, yeah, Graham yeah. Coffee, and I was like, we, we, he, like, he was ahead of me. I was on fucking delay for somehow because of fucking YouTube TV. And YouTube so, like, TV is quite delayed. I have it too. And so I'm sitting there, I'm like, okay, everyone's reacting ahead of me. And, and like, nobody will come down to the fucking basement and watch this with me. It, it I, I just have like the plague, right? It's like, no, I walked upstairs at one point, like, after we did something good, I'm like, like Rich's family's here, you know, like they've been super nice and great. And I was like, high five. And they're like, no, the refs are giving them this game. This is bullshit. And I was like, you're from fucking Jersey. What are you talking about? Like, why do you care? And so I went back downstairs and he was ahead of me. We're going to talk about the game now. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, um, like, like I started like, you know, I was like, I was panic cleaning. I was, I was back in that mode trying to do some good luck things. Oh, dude. I, <laughs> That's my go-to move. When I'm stressed out during a game, I just start cleaning my house. Fucking abused housewife from 1953. A lot of, just, a I lot mean, of times, I, I throw the game on mute. Really? I don't do that. A lot of times, it's because Florida um, State sucks, and we get fucking RG3 on the call, which is just an abomination. Yeah, he's he's a lot of... Um, no, but so we had like... Um, we had this whole thing. Like, I'm, I, I just kept thinking in the first half, they would turn it around, right? Like, something would happen. And then it just slowly became one of those games where you're like, oh my God, everything's going wrong. They're going to lose this game. It, like, like, and, I, and, I don't, and I'm not taking anything away from Auburn when I say that, but I mean, like, you saw two backup tight ends make one-handed catches, one in overtime, one in like the first, first half. It was like blankety coverage. Um, I know Auburn fans are going to like this, but I'm going to say it anyway. You saw some pretty egregiously missed calls in the first half on Bama. Like, like that should have been called on Auburn. And the, the, the deep ball to Jameson Williams, where he gets fucking, I don't know, like mouth humped by this other guy in his face mask, like in front of the, the, the ref, that was terrible. Bryce getting thrown out of bounds. Anyway, none of that matters. 
but like I'm sitting here watching it, and you're like, oh, okay, so that happened, that happened. They've they've got five sacks in the first half. That's not good. Um, because we made fucking bumper stickers for seven total in a game in 2005. We have we have negative two yards rushing, and we had at halftime we had, yeah, you had negative two yards rushing, but you were still out rushing Auburn. Which is also true. We had 68 <laughs> yards. We had 68 yards total offense and no points. And we had 64 yards in penalties. That right tackle was getting absolutely abused. Fucking told you. He's fucking terrible. He is fucking terrible. And he did a good job late in that game. Because like Auburn's D-line is not that good. No, Derek Mason's a good they they have the they have some talent on that defense that like when they play like cohesively. Yeah, like they're back and, and they had a good scheme. Good. Like their corners, they're like they're they're their their corners and their safeties are good. Like and their D line, I'm not saying they're bad. They're just not that good as as to what we saw on Saturday. Yeah. Oh, and so I just I'm, I'm watching this game and I'm like, okay, like like surely at some point we'll we're a 21 point favorite and I and I was ready to fucking just put it on them. We've lost the last two, they lost three, last four, and it just became very evident very very quickly that like this is going to be a four quarter thing, isn't it? Like because because then you lose Jamison Williams, and it was targeting. He should have been ejected. It was a it was a it was a good call. And it's just like I mean, like it, it, every single area that you could pick, it's like okay, listen, what if they like don't they're not able to convert on third and short because they can't run? Like oh yeah, throw that in there. Like what if, what if like I don't know what if like Auburn's punter um, gets like three different punts inside his own inside their own three? What was yeah, that yeah, weird that in thing there. he was doing. Oh, I'm glad you asked, Tyler, because this is why I didn't feel bad for these motherfuckers at all. Bama's receiving core has been doing this all year, but they do this like, you know, karate kid yeah. thing. It's been their whole thing. Okay. That's what that was. And I'm sitting there, and this is honestly when I probably started to get like like frustrated because I was like emotional. No, I don't think I was emotional like, at all. Like I was I was full of <laughs> Not happy like joy. Emotional. No, like emotion can be happy as well, by the way. Oh, well, I'm just saying, like when you say <laughs> emotional, the connotation it usually has is like you were overreacting. I, I mean, no, no, I no, think no. the 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 tweet in the post about congrats Albert. I it was ill timed, but still. Anyway, so you, you have that and you you get to the second half, and then you start seeing shit like Bryce does an interception against a team that only has seven all year. We still kept we came out of halftime, Tyler. Came out of halftime. <laughs> You're like, okay, we get the ball, we're down seven oh, let's just make some second half adjustments. Like, you know, it like we had Jameson get ejected. Then we they we ended up punting. They had the ball like at the twenty. That's the only reason they scored. They had the ball at the twenty one yard line. Like you know, we'll be fine. Can we and, can we go back to halftime real quick? Because we did get a voicemail at the half from an. Oh yeah, team. give it to me. Give it to me. Oh, this would be good. <laughs> All right, let me find this. <laughs> and listen, Auburn fans, you guys are great, and I love y'all. You know that the people that listen to this podcast. But if you think that, like, I'm just being honest as a fan, in the same way that I think y'all would as well. I'm glad. It, I'm glad they lost. I'm glad it hurt. I hope it hurt. I, like, you know, just because I think there's that's fair in a rivalry. We'll we'll have our day again. Hey, I don't know if this is the right number or not. It sounds like it was since I heard Tyler and that. But Auburn's leading seven nothing at halftime, so I figured I was gonna lean in and enjoy the fucking happiness while I had a chance. <laughs> And war damn eagle, y'all. God, our fans are so good, man. How they they hammered is, is that guy. I don't know if he's hammered or he's just happy. Oh, he's hammered. As one should be. Halftime of a, an iron bowl. 
I figured so, we'd play that just in, in the context good, of good, the conversation of going into the half up seven nothing. Yeah. And, and listen, if on a person like from like a personal standpoint, like to Auburn fans, I love Dallas Johns. I I, I love Nathan Earl. I, I love all these these people like from the Facebook group. They've been great, man. Like and like I have like genuine friendships with them. When I say like I hope it hurt, like oh, yeah, I'm being petty, but it's just because this again, and anybody that thinks that's like out of line or whatever. Because somebody said it today, I was like, "This is the, the rivalry where you've seen this fan base make punt, bam, a punt. You got a second, Nick. Um, you know, honk if you sacked Brody, all that shit." And and I get it, it like because everyone loves beating Bama, but especially if you're Auburn. So I, I, I'm just I'm just kind of partaking some of that enjoyment as well from this one because it did not go as I thought it would. No, it didn't. Um, obviously. I feel I know the answer to this question, but did the end of the game, <clears throat> how it played out? Oh, man. Does it make you feel any better about next weekend, or does that game actually just make you feel that much worse? Honestly, so here's the deal. I, I One, Bama didn't cross the 50-yard line on their own. Like They, they, they caught a punt in the 48 in the first, first drive of the game. They didn't cross the 50-yard line until 5 minutes and 11 seconds to go in that game. That's insane. Um, yeah, and, and, and I like I do want to like get into like some of like the, the numbers because you know. I and by the way, you, and you say that, and that's a that's a factual statement. Yeah. And then you go look at the box score, and Bama had 388 yards of total offense, and Auburn had 158. They they held, Alabama held Auburn to their lowest <clears throat> total yards in a game in their last 59 games. They held them to half of what Georgia held them to, and that, that doesn't matter. Like it doesn't mean they're going to go beat them, but like that, you know, it's just it was interesting to me. So then you you come out there like that offensive line is porous. You give up seven sacks or something like that. Like, um, I mean, and Bryce Young just running for his fucking life all day. When I talk about coming out from the half, again, Bill O'Brien, like we saw how great he was last week. If you are, if you've had trouble running the football all game, right, and you come out of the half. Your best playmaker is out. And I've been saying, I, I was like, listen, Mechie's not going to go win you a football game. Like, there's a 50-50 ball late in the first half. I was like, God damn it. Like, he's, oh, sh- sorry, guys. I didn't mean to drop the GD. But, like, he he didn't even, like, it seemed like he didn't even go up for it. It was just, like, it was very, just a simple little swat from, like, the defensive back. And you're watching it, and you're like, okay, they don't have a guy. They don't have an alpha on offense. And also on top of that, if you have an alpha, it's like a Derrick Henry or somebody like a running back to like, give me the fucking ball. You also need somebody better than Dallin court to, to be blocking for him. Mm-hmm. And so you end up going like you, you end up going into the fourth and all this shit keeps happening. You, you get, you have these longest drive and what happens? Fucking bear. Brian's great grandson fumbles the snap. Yeah. I would. Okay. So I want to bring that up. What kind of conundrum were the band fans going through during that? Like the true Gumps, the true oh, the Bama one, fans. Yeah. Uh, see, I like just what like, was going through the mind of someone like that who loves Paul Tyson? Okay, that oh, man. <laughs> and then that ain't his fault. That, that ain't his fault. <laughs> you know, he, I mean, honestly, bad he would have been, been he would have been quarterback a little bit more. He use his hands, like have his hands on the ball yeah. more. He probably wouldn't have dropped it. That's that's all saving. That's all saving. I've been telling you, Nick Saban's out here always hugging Miss Terry, being on the Aflac commercials, that damn duck and that Jerry Rice or whatever his name is. And I just, you know, I, I don't, I just don't get it. I don't like it. Um, okay, so here's here's my takeaway from that. He, uh, 
I don't really give a shit. He, he, he fumbled. They, they continue to not do the little things, right? Like I've said all year, like they just don't do it. And, and, and then in all these moments, you're like, what the fuck is like, I started to just concede more and more in a way a fan does where I'm like, well, not like you, but like, I'm, I'm more of an irrational fan than you. So I, like, I will, I'm like, we're beat. Like we're fucking beat up. I can see it. All of these things are happening. I mean, you guys were beat in that game. Like, yeah. the, I, I keep a group text with a bunch of my buddies from school, and we all got kids, so we're always at home on Saturday nights. Right. <laughs> so, right. And we're always watching games. And and someone sent out a message like, does anyone think Bama's going to like score on this final drive? And like, usually nine times out of ten, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, I think they will. But I was like, I don't know, man. Like, they can't do anything. No. And um, sure enough, you know, when they needed it, they go to a guy who's a true freshman from where, wouldn't you know it, but South Florida, five-star receiver, only had two catches all year, Ja'Cory Brooks. It's a dime from from Bryce Young. But not only that, the catch is incredible. That catch by Ja'Cory Brooks is a catch that was going to go down in the history of the rivalry. No, it won't. It's a true freshman. Again, he'd only had two catches coming into the game all year. Right. That's that's a an insanely tough catch to make, by the way. Yeah. And stay in ba- in bounds, like just yeah, we saw him walk out of bounds on a previous catch he tried to make. <laughs> just an incredible catch. Um, um, and when that happened, you knew that Bama was going to win, or, or you probably didn't. I did, but. But then when they scored immediately in OT, and then Auburn scored, I oh my god, Harson why did they go for two? To go for two, he you have to. Okay, so real quick though, and I, let me throw these numbers out here for you because this is this is the stuff. Yeah, that was TJ like, Finley can't even walk on the field. Yeah, apparently he, he, people were saying he was like Byron Leftwich or some shit. I don't remember that happening, but I was I was emotionally checked out for a lot of their possessions. Um, like, so again, like the end of this game, like for me, I, I'm talking to my buddy Graham, and we hit the ball. It's fourth and one. Trace, you're down, you're down to your fourth string running back, by the way. Like that, that's one thing that people just refuse to. I'm not trying to, Bama doesn't deserve to have excuses made for him. But they, the offensive line is bad. They're going to get beat by Georgia. Like losing Brian Robinson in that moment was pretty tough. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I just like you, you bring in Trey Sanders, who was like in the jaws of life like 11 months ago. And so, he ends up like makes a couple of good plays, but you can tell he's just hesitant to like go forward. Mm-hmm. And and so you end up getting it's fourth and one. And this is two the two series before that, you had the ball, it was fourth and two, and you go for it. And they fumble the snap and it's a five-yard loss. So now you 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 have another chance here, and it's it's two minutes left. Like this, this is the game. And we get stopped on fourth and one. And I was shocked. I was just, I mean, I wasn't shocked, but I like, I, I was behind and I, I'm like, I looked away from the TV and I'm on the phone with Graham. He's like, I was like, is it over? He's like, it's fucking over, dude. I'm sorry. I was like, all right, I got to fucking go. I, I got to get ready for what's going to happen now. Cause what always fucking happens at SDS, the onslaught of heavy fans, traffic, just everyone's going to be dancing on the graves and, and, and deservingly. So, so I'm like getting ready and I'm just not even looking at the TV. Cause I just I thought it was over. And I texted out congratulations to all these offers and I was trying to be like mature and professional. And then they get the ball back. And like in that fucking punter, that fucking punter doing this thing, 
I mean, it's punter. Fuck punt. you, dude. Like it, down on the three yard line. It was a great I mean, punt. It was a great punt. Get your own fucking celebration. Whatever well, that would okay, be. Okay, okay, but we're totally glossing over the fact that Tank Bigsby ran out of bounds, and this may be the only reason why it gave Alabama the ability to go all the way ninety seven yards. It is the it is the only reason, and yeah. I, it's hilarious. It's hilarious for a lot of reasons, but it's hilarious because from a fan base they did that whole you got a second, Nick, and they put a second back on right. the clock, and, and then they get the three seconds added in in two thousand nineteen. I, I can't imagine giving up fucking forty of them. Because you you didn't know what was going on in the game. That's, that that's an all time bonehead move. You know what else happened though? Because that they, they last week we talked about like, why did they give the ball to Tank Bigsby? Like why didn't this happen? They went to him early and often. Jarquez Hunter only had two carries. Tank Bigsby was going to be your offense. He had mm-hmm. twenty nine carries in that game for sixty three yards. Yeah, and you great. tell me that how good a, a you know how good of a running back Tank Bigsby is. Uh, he had twenty two. 22 of his 29 carries went for two yards or less. Oof. Think about that. I mean, I mean, like, Bama stuffed him all fucking day. All day, and it was it was fantastic. Well, that's the game plan. When you, when you come right. in with TJ Finley, he's not going to beat you through the air. So sure. you, if you're Pete Golding, Pete Golding played it perfectly. He's like, we are going to stop Tank Bigsby, and he won't do anything. I don't think I don't think we were trying to make a concerted effort to only stop thinking. I don't think that was the game plan. I think that I told you before the game they were gonna have the best defensive performance they had all season, and they did. They, like they came out and they they played well on on in all phases of the defense, besides maybe a couple penalties. They they gave up five five third down conversions in eighteen attempts, only one of them in the second half, and it was a penalty. Like it was it was they did everything they were supposed to do to win that game, and it was awesome to watch. Him going out, not going out of bounds is is a bonehead move. You're completely right. Um, I just, I mean, you know, it's, egreg- it's egregious. You cannot it's do that. Yeah. It's terrible. And so, but you get the ball back with 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 minute and a half to go, and no timeouts, or, or I think they had one timeout. Maybe two, I don't know. But you get the ball on your on your own three yard line again, and Bri- I mean, Bryce Young was he, like in this in the second half. I talk about his Heisman moment. He was only fifty two percent in the second half. Like it was, he was thirteen of twenty-five. And in the final drive, I understand they went ninety-seven yards, and that's great. Um, and it's a great win. But his his Heisman moment was going four of ten on the final drive of a game against a six and five team with a the ninety or hundred and uh, what do you call it? They're the ninety-second ranked pass defense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess Heisman voting is supposed to be through the SEC game and the Big Ten game. I saw that Bryce Young is now the favorite. As he should be. Um, I mean, Stroud didn't have a terrible game against Michigan. He threw for almost 400 yards, but um, I agree. Like, that's in that moment to keep Alabama in the hunt for the playoff. Get your foot on the throat, moment. I don't care who you're playing. No, it's still I, yeah. Iron Bowl, and it's still, it's not like a fantastic performance, but that throw, specific throw, was an absolute dime yep. to win you your team. Effectively, I mean, I guess they still had to go out, and he was great in overtime too. So well, I brought this up earlier, real quick, before we take this call. I, I brought this up earlier, though. The point I was trying to make was, I, I think Bryce should be the leader, and he should win the Heisman as of today. One thing I worry about is Jordan Davis taking some of his votes. I've just never when is when has that ever been a Heisman moment like that? Those numbers in that game been a Heisman. That, that's the only thing I was saying. I haven't seen that before. So I wonder if that's going to impact him or if we're just like, it's late in the season road, win, whatever. The other thing about that is like when, when you have, when you have the ability, like I guess I've said this over and over again to 
to put your foot on someone's throat and win, you do it. And, and they, they did not, they were not able to do it. And I've said all year that John Mechie is not good enough to go win you a football game single-handedly. Well, apparently if you throw him the ball, like every fucking play he is, because that's what Bama did in the second half. It, like it, it, Bama, he had, he had 20 of, of Alabama's total 33 targets in the second half and through overtime. And, and you talk about like after Jameson Williams went out, he had 24 total targets in the game, right? Like almost half of like of all the Bama players. Um, he had after Jameson Williams went out and until the final drive, right? So the seven drives in between when they just were doing nothing consistently, he had um, seven catches for 110 yards and had 11, I'm sorry, eight catches for 110 yards. And um, God dang, Chris, nine catches, 110 yards, and he had 11 targets. And you wonder why they were throwing it to him specifically so much, not just because it's Mechie. The other, all like all other tight ends and receivers for Alabama combined had six targets, only one catch, and it was for 14 yards. So four overtimes. Bama takes down Auburn, 24-22. We did get some voicemails after the game. I'm going to play them now. Well, Tyler, I'm not weeping today. Just giving Alabama a little scare in four overtimes when they said they were going to hammer us, 55 to 10 or 48 to nothing. But my Tigers showed up to play, and I'll take that all day long if we're six and six, and we almost beat the number three team in the nation. So I gotta say next week, go Bulldogs. Even though I hate the Bulldogs, but they're gonna cream Alabama. Y'all have a safe holiday. And a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and War Damn Eagles. That's not like there's there's such I've said this before and I mean it like in the most endearing way possible. It's like they're too stupid to insult because it's like your, your team sucks. Like, no, nah, they did their best, man. They're pretty good. I like them. It's my favorite. It's like, God, you're so nice. How do you I don't even know how to how to handle this right now? They're they they are like really good people. Yeah. I debated on even leaving this one to begin with. And I know that you guys call yourself college football uncensored, um, but you probably about to want to pull out the timer and the bleeper because it's about to be a rough fucking ride. <laughs> um, Auburn played a hell of a fucking ball game. It's, it, I, I guess as good as I could have expected them to play this year. Um, and my God, they look good doing it there to the very damn end. And. I know some folks get real upset about calls and penalties, things like that, talking about God's an Auburn fan and all that. I think this might have proved to everybody, or maybe just me, hell, if it's just me, it could be. I take the hell. But it should have re- revealed to everybody that God is not an Auburn fan, and if he was, we sure as fuck wouldn't have to deal with all this chicken shit horse shit we just dealt with. I hope you fellas have a wonderful evening. And war fucking eagle. <laughs> I, I love that message. I I just want to say one thing about this, okay? And I don't I, I don't know what he means by chicken shit horseshit, but I love that combination. Um, here's the thing, okay? The on both sides, Bama started complaining about it beforehand, and then Auburn fans were doing it after. How the refs cost them this game? I'll say to Bama fans before the refs didn't cost them any of that shit from earlier before they came back and won, and Auburn fans. Like the, the refs didn't give Bama that game. Bama didn't get all the calls. And, and if you think I'm fucking like just saying that to be a homer, here are some numbers, Tyler. Here are some fucking numbers. Did you know that the last three times Alabama has gone to Jordan Hare, that in that game, they have had the highest total number of penalties 
they've had all season in that game. And another fun fact is not only do they have a season high total in the last three times they've been Jordan Hare for each year, but in 2019, they had their, their most penalties ever in one game under Nick Saban at 13. And in this year, they had their most penalty yards ever in a Nick Saban game uh, with 129. So it's time to stop fucking saying they get all the calls. That's not, I'm not saying that to be mean to Auburn fans. I'm just saying in general, you got to fucking, you got to find a new story. Find a new slant, bro. Yeah. All right. Here's the last one. And I will say this guy actually left us a voicemail on Tuesday during the week, a little less uh, inebriated than that one. And, um, I, I just want to give him a shout out. This is Dylan. He in the voicemail, he said a lot of great things about us. He said it inspired him and his brothers to start a podcast about college football. And then he started dropping the name of it and was promoting it. And I want to do that for you. And I will personally go listen to the podcast. And if you want to tweet me at Tyler Huck, if you're on Twitter, Dylan, and I will definitely give you my feedback on, on the podcast. And I'm sure Chris will listen to it as well, but come on, man, we can't promote another college football podcast yeah. on our college football podcast. You can't do it, Tough. but I will play the, play this one. And uh, it's a longer one, but I thought it was good. Uncle Chris T. Huck. Um, this is Dylan again, coming from your favorite little shithole in Mason, Alabama. Uh, <laughs> just, uh, I finally remembered to call you guys on a Saturday, which is great. Um, so drinks have been flowing. Um, luckily, I did not get too stressed the fuck out earlier that I sent my wife into labor um, during the fucking Iron Bowl. What? Shit. Um, in the game. Um, obviously, Super Stoke Banner came out with the win. Auburn, fuck you in all your bullshit calls you got the entire game. We know where that uh, NIL, so Nick's uh, Milo's team money was going, just saying. In the fucking pocketbook at the rest. But uh, <clears throat> flip side, um, the fucking Bedlam game was, was baller as fuck. Um the only bad thing is, is me and my brother had uh, fucking a trip to Buffalo Fields and some wings on the line, and I fucking lost it because it turns out, Uncle Chris, you're right. Caleb Williams was an overrated son of a bitch, and I uh, knew that he was because <laughs> he plays for the fucking Sooners. So kudos to you, sir, because you fucking called it. Um, Twelve weeks, man. Only other thing I guess I could throw in there once again, roll tide, fuck Auburn. I gotta throw that out there. Look, it's a fucking hard game, man. But the team fought. We come back. We won the game. That's all that really matters. Um, <clears throat> gotta give credit for both sides of the ball. That's what the Iron Bowl is all about, for real. Um, the only other thing I throw out there, I'm terrified now that Notre Dame's gonna get the playoff because what I'm just scared to death is gonna happen is that Cincinnati's gonna find a way to fucking lose next week. It's Houston. And then Notre Dame's going to jump their ass right back up in there and waste an entire playoff slot. So, of course, we got to wait and see what happens. But maybe not. I don't know. Fucking hate Notre Dame. <laughs> so, um, anyway, uh, I'm the same fucker that called you guys on a Tuesday earlier this week because, again, I can usually not remember to call you guys on a Saturday. Um, so, again, if you, you guys get time, check out the pod, seriously, um, and give a review. So, that's it, guys. Love um, that, man. I feel Dylan, like that's like the listening. closest thing to what it must be like to listen to me talk. Just <laughs> yeah, very fast paced. A lot of cuss words coming. All right, um, we take us. With, I gotta pee. I was to be honest. I gotta, I gotta pee. All right, why don't I? There's not much to break why, down in the Georgia game. Yeah, you do that and just talk about Florida, Florida State. I'll be right back. <clears throat> okay. All right. Oh, it's gonna be a solid pot. Here we go. All right, so Georgia, Georgia Tech. Clearly, um, not a lot to break down in this game. Georgia kind of realizes. Where they're they're meant to be, which is undefeated in the regular season, clearly the number one team in the nation. I mean, 
and if you're Georgia Tech, I mean, my God, have some respect for yourself. You lose 55-0 to Notre Dame, and then you just come out and lose, what was it, 45-0 against against Georgia? I mean, have some damn respect. Jo- Jeff Collins, I know they fired like half the staff today, but good Lord, that guy, he probably should be fired next. Um, so f- Georgia, obviously, going into the SEC championship game undefeated. Not gonna, Again, I mean, guys, come on. I'm not going to break the game down. But I, what I will do is play the voicemails that we received because I thought there were some good ones. Um, so let's start here. Chris and T-Hush, um, Georgia fan here, longtime Georgia fan. And um, I know it was against Tech, but I am full of emotions right now. I've never seen this team go undefeated before in the regular season. But as a Georgia sports fan, we all know we're getting our hopes high and we need to bring it back down to earth. But these boys that finished the season 12-0, and undefeated. Let's go. Let's finish the drill. Let's win this thing. Go dogs. I, fuck I, it. I, I think it's West. I, I hate it. I think it's West Madaris. I, I'm happy for – I hated the fact that he ended it with, um, let's finish the drill. You brought back a shitty tagline from Mark Rick who was never able to do it. Like he was literally never able to finish the drill. Okay. Me and Patty. All right. Here's the next one. Well, boys, the dogs did it. They are 12 and 0 on the year for the first time in my lifetime. And I suddenly have hope. But I've had hope before. <laughs> I had hope in 2012 against Bama. And then they had that tip pass by Aaron Murray instead of spiking the ball. I had hope in 2017, but then we had second and 26. I had hope in 2018. And then Jalen Hurts came in and won the game. I've had hope before, so I'm trying to tamper my expectations. But then I see Ohio State get beat by Michigan, and it gives me a little more hope. So hopefully this year ends better than it has in the past. Go dogs! This is a very well-thought-out, rational voicemail. And you should have more hope because – Honestly, well, now that we've seen them play Michigan, a much more um, physical football team, maybe you probably would have beat Ohio State's ass too. But I, I thought, yeah, I mean, definitely. But I, I, I thought going into that, that, that Ohio State had the one offense that could actually maybe keep up and put up points against Georgia. Um, but Georgia would have ran down yeah. their throat. Georgia would have ran down their throat just like Michigan did. And, um, but yeah, just a little bit more hope each week, and I know it's probably getting a little scary as as a Braves fan. I'm sure there's a lot of Georgia fans that are Braves fans too. I felt that in the, when you know when we were like coming through and we were up two zero on the Dodgers. You, you feel that hope starting to creep in. You're like, man, I don't want to get excited because I've had a lot of letdown in my yeah. life. Um, but you should have hope. The team's damn good. Yeah, um, I mean, it's, that's the bare minimum at this point. I, I think, yeah. like, and I will say real quick on the Georgia fans, and we'll talk about more of the preview for this week, but, um, it, you know, I get it. I get the whole mindset of, like, I, because I don't think we could ever fathom how miserable and heartbreaking those losses would have been that many times. And then knowing that, like, okay, we would have beaten Notre Dame by, like, a fucking thousand. Um, so I get that. Uh, then... But like outside of that, like if if you've watched any of this, like this season, what's what's weird to watch the Georgia fans because I think they've been very quietly confident for a lot of the season. It's 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 become to swell. I think like towards the end of the year, 
And, and I, I think everyone that watches these two teams knows what's going to happen. Like, like, you know, like, like one of these teams at, is at least and this time, I don't think it's your, your, you being like defeatist Marler where it's like, Oh, I to, every week it's like, Oh, I don't know. Alabama. Like I just don't, this, I, don't know if I do that every week, but well, not every week, but there's certainly you, you definitely don't always have the confidence in Alabama when many no, people I, do. And I will say, I will say that I think Doreen brought this up to me this weekend. We were talking about it. And he was like, you know, one thing is like, he's like, yeah, I mean, you're critical in general because of like, you know, what you try to do with your job, but like, you, I mean, it's not, it's like, okay to enjoy wins. And I think that's why Saban, we've seen him so different this year where he's like kind of. Cause he knows, gonna, he doesn't, he knows he doesn't have the team. Like he, yeah, that's exactly. why I feel like he was like that after the Auburn game. Yeah. And he's at, well, that one, I could understand being happy. The rest of them, like where he's like, I'm not going to get mad at us. We only rushed for six yards as a win. Like, I, I think that's exactly why. And, and that's, that's where we are this year. That's fine. And, and it made me realize afterwards, it's like, we, we harp on all these things. And, and every time Bama's losses, it, the takeaway has been, this is why they're not going to win the national title. This is what like, and you've just had a, an 11 one season. You, you rip your, your rival's heart out again. And there's a lot of positives. I think that happened there. I, I just think that like, I know Georgia fans are, are nervous. It's, it's literally a PTSD thing. It, it, it really is. Um, and I also know that they're going to be fucking miserable to be around on after Saturday, but I, you know, I think we're all headed for what, like, like this inevitable outcome. I think it's, let's just all be on the same page. All right. One more, one more voicemail here. Chris Tyler. Uh, this is Carter. Uh, I don't know that I could be called a, a res- your resident Georgia fan. It's my first time calling. Um, now that the regular season's over, just want to say how excited and proud I am for Georgia's program. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, next week, I'm going to the SEC championship games. I couldn't be more excited for that. Hopefully, it turns out to be one of the best days of my life. Uh, it, it just seems like everything's starting to come together. We've got Dominic Blaylock back. George Pickens is back. Stetson's really stepped up this year. Just so excited. Um, can't wait for next week. Go dogs. Listen, man, a, a voicemail like that, honestly, like before I heard that voicemail, honestly, I'm, I'm with you. You say this a lot. Like you live in Georgia, you're surrounded by Georgia fans. And you're not a Georgia fan. It can get annoying at times. Yeah. And base, look, man. I, and I, and I get it. If I lived in Alabama and I was a Florida state fan, I'd get annoyed as hell by all the Alabama fans. Mm-hmm. But that caller right there makes me kind of want to root for Georgia. I'm sorry, Chris. No, no, it's fine. I mean, dude, I listen. I get like, it. These man. guys, they want it so bad, you know. And it's been so long, and they kind of deserve to, like, like yeah. outside of having the best team in the country, they kind of deserve it as a fan base, man, because all the pain they've had to go through. But, but like the that is cool, and you're right. Like, and I'm sure that I'll have ups and downs of being petty when I and I should be like, because like as a fan, you should enjoy it, man. It's it's the coolest thing in sports. It's so much fun to fucking win. And, and you've been waiting that long. I mean, I remember fucking 2009. I remember 2008 the, in the blackout game. I was like, this is where we're going to turn the corner. I'm going to tell my dad the night before. And there's something cool about like how all of these things you've been waiting on and waiting on and waiting on finally paying off. And it's not just you being hopeful as a, as a, a fan. It's like, oh, I actually, I, I was right about what I was saying. Right, right. So, um, all right. So that's the end of that game. Um, there wasn't much to talk about. Right. We can quickly talk about Florida, Florida State since, you know, I, I think a lot of people can have fun at my expense. Um, certainly people in the voicemails did, which I'll play. Um, 
Florida ends up winning this game 24-21. Yes, um, a Florida-led uh, team that did not have three of their coaches, including their head coach, beat one with a head coach. Um, okay, that's fine. I mean, okay. it's it's how we've seen this happen many times. You know, the interim coach comes in. And by the way, I said it before we when we previewed. If Florida State's O-line isn't healthy, which they weren't, they had to play backups in this game, they'll lose. And if Florida is willing to play in the game, they're going to win because they have a lot more talent than Florida yeah, they State. Do. And from the jump, when Florida State was leaving the field for warm-ups, Florida came over and was talking mad shit to all of our players. They were into the game. It was senior day. The uh, the crowd in Gainesville wasn't exactly um, lit, as the kids say. Yeah, well, how was but, that? <laughs> was it bad? Um, it was, yeah, it was bad. Oh. Um, but... Look, for, it, it was Florida cared to be there. Now they still kind of looked like shit. I and and look, <laughs> and I actually went back and forth with our resident Florida fan on Twitter, Jason, and he left a voicemail. And he uh, was like, I mean, that was just a toilet bowl of a game. Like both these teams are are just a disaster. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, but uh, Florida ends up winning, and obviously, you know, Florida State creates another meme of themselves by whiffing on the um the the kick there at the end, which is just, I mean ridiculous it's sitting there (laughs) i guess you have to try to go over the top of it but like yeah it's just bad man it's just bad it's just all bad um so congratulations florida fans uh you you win this one um i wouldn't be like pounding your chest too bad i mean we're a terrible program but i don't do this Okay. Dude, okay. Yeah. We suck, dude. Yeah, you beat a really good team. You beat a really good team on Saturday. It doesn't say that. Just be like, I mean, just tip your cap, whatever. No, there's a tip in the cap. Okay, All right. That's fair. All right. All right. Three voicemails on this one. And Three one voicemails? Who fucking cares? One of them is very short. Okay. Actually, two of them are very short. What's up? It's Emery. I just wanted to say that I'm sitting here probably too many bourbons deep for it to be this early. Watching me. Michigan rush the field after fucking up Ohio State. Georgia slaughtered the joke by coat. Florida has to Good. wallow in their misery at least one more game after being the sorriest fucking team in the state of Florida. And uh, they're going to make the Gasparilla who gives a fuck bowl because they're <laughs> going to be irrelevant for the next five years. It's a great day to not live in the snow-ridden north. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he threw in a, a quick – he called back. 13 seconds. What's up, guys? It's Emery again. I just had to give a shout-out to one of the best people I know. It's Jay Woody's birthday. And for his and Georgia's sake, I hope Bama wins today. So oh, a little preview there. Um, let's see. I think this is uh, the guy that you know. Uncle Chris, it's your favorite nephew. Oh, I'm feeling marginally better today. Not because, you know, we put up a 40-burger against FSU. It's just that FSU found a way to give me the greatest way to end a season by having literally the worst onside kick I've ever seen in human history. And, Tyler, I'm sorry. I know it's your alma mater and, you know, no disrespect, no beef. But, God, FSU just finds a way, you know, to just deliver in the clutch. I've been down all season, and to have this to go out on, I appreciate it. I'm going to get back to tracking flights between Gainesville and, you know, Louisiana Lafayette. But a uh, great season. We'll try it again next year. And as always, go Gators. Yeah, and, we'll get, and we'll get to Jason. Last one. Hey, guys. It's your, it's your, uh, 
Oh, your neighborhood Florida representative. Well, <laughs> that drunk ass game is over. Um, yeah, Florida won, and uh, looks like we earned a full burp to the to the uh, Campbell's Chunky Soup Sandwich Bowl or the Soup Sandwich Two Thousand Flushes Toilet Bowl, either one. But I'm just glad we won. Um, I can't even. I don't. Even, I can't even wait to hear y'all talk about this damn game. I don't know what the hell just happened. That game was drunk as shit between the refs, the oh. players. Easily top five weirdest games I think I've ever seen. I'm so um, glad I didn't watch this game. So let me say one last thing before we leave. Uh, T. Huck, you you are a rational Florida State fan. And my homeboy Marcus, who also listens to the podcast, is also a rational, you know, logical Florida State fan. But to all of the emotional, ir- irrational Florida State fans, I hope every last one of them steps on a Lego barefooted in the middle of the night and then stubs their toe on the corner of the damn table. I can't stand them. I sat back for seven days and watched them talk shit. And I didn't say a damn thing. Now our trash ass <laughs> team just beat them. Go Gators! Have a great night, guys. <laughs> Good. I love it. Hey, your homeboy Marcus. What's I love up, it. Man? I'm so glad good. we got some Florida State fans that actually listen to the pod. I like that. Uh, there's not much to break down. The refs were incredibly terrible for both sides. And there was one thing that you actually missed there, uh, Jason, and it was. RG3 on the mic is one of the worst things that's ever happened to college football. Is that bad? He was opining for Tim Tebow to become, like, seriously to become the head, yeah. head coach of Florida. Uh, so he, he also forces in a lot of sayings, which I don't He like. does. Yeah. It's just, yeah. It's, but I get that. Bad. Trying to be funny when you're not. Bad, that real bad. Um, but, like, it's tough. So, yeah, Emory Jones, you know, ended up starting the game after weirdly everyone was like, hey, he tore his ACL. He started and he was terrible. Um, but just not a fun game to watch. Right. Um, I will say if, if Jordan Travis hadn't gone out with injury, I think we actually would have won the game. But Okay, it doesn't matter. So, so other games that matter. <laughs> All right. Uh, from here, I mean, did you watch Bedlam? So Bedlam was one of the best games I think I've, I've ever seen. It was one of the best games all year for sure. Absolutely incredible game. I mean, it had everything that you would ever want. People muffing punts on the two from both sides of the... The ending was incredible, though. When Caleb Williams took off on that 50-yard run, I was like, I, I was quite yeah. confused as to where the hell the defense was. Where the was. fuck was that safety? <laughs> what angle are you taking? <laughs> I thought they were going to come back and win. I honestly did. And um, just a crazy game. I mean, uh, for all everything that was been said about Oklahoma State's defense, they gave it 33 points. Now, some of them were just gifts. There was a fumble recovered in the end zone. They muffed the punt on a two-yard line. Um, but, man, Van Gundy, or not Van Gundy, but Gundy looked like he was in damn near tears like before the game was even over. Yeah, I mean, that's emotion. a big win for them, man. Yeah, it's like, he's, a, you know, he's a player, a former player there. I mean, that's – Yeah. I can't remember the last time uh, – I could probably look it up if I really wanted to, but no, I, I can't remember it. the last time they won. Yeah, I mean, so I think I think it had been a minimum six years, but maybe I'm way yeah. off on that because it's like, you know, hold on, let me pull it up here. Like th- that game, like 
it was cool to see Oklahoma State go in there with like a confidence that was real this time, not like you know mm-hmm. uh, some of the years past. And you know, Spencer, what's his name? Um, what's his last name? Why, why am I trying to blank here? Spencer what? Uh, Sanders. Spencer, yeah, Spencer Sanders. He said it early in the week. He's like, I mean, we're going to win the game. Um, mm-hmm. And then he, you know, he's like kind of gloating about it afterwards. But yeah, six six game losing streak. Yeah, and so, and so and also, man, like you look at some of these games where you had like. You know, either both of them are ranked, or there was something on the line. It just seemed like it was always like, like I'm not saying it, it, there's always something huge at stake, but I will say that it, you lost, you've lost the last six. You said right, you also mm-hmm. lost eight of the last nine, and and it's been either in heartbreaking fashion, or it's been by just like getting trounced. And like, this was, they almost lost again, but in heartbreaking fashion. Right, right, and it's like. You know, they came out kind of dominating just like, you know, early on and they looked really good. And then they started making all these fucking mistakes. And then finally, the, you know, the pendulum kind of swung the other way and you had the, the, the muff punt like on the three yard line. But th- that whole game, it was like one of those stupid fucking Buffalo Wild Wings commercials. It's like, I don't want this game to end. It's like, neither do I. It's like, okay, well, why don't you, if you're the safety, why don't you take the worst fucking angle in college football history when you're 20 yards away? <laughs> like, Jesus. They, they were meeting each other like that fucking scene in, in Austin Powers where he's like driving and he's like move move and the guy just he's like oh my god I'm gonna get hit move and he's like fucking 100 yards away that's how this whole play happened it was like it was one of the worst angles I've ever seen in college football yeah and I think it, you know but it, from from the beginning of the game to the end and I'm talking pre-game when the Oklahoma State people are, are playing uh, calling on Baton Rouge like in the yeah. pre-game warm-ups after the game, you know, you get the, the the now what's going to be the famous quote, which is, you know, Lincoln Riley saying, "I will not. I'm not going to be the next coach at LSU." And he wasn't just lying, the perfect. Fuck, it's the perfect answer because he wasn't lying. Yeah, I tell you what, as somebody that was gaslit uh, the fuck out of like uh, a couple months ago, I, I I did not appreciate it. I thought that was so fucked up because, like, you know what, man, if you're gonna fucking announce it in the morning, just fucking say it. Just fucking say it because, so like, from what from what I've read. That things escalated with USC after that statement. There's no way. There's no yeah. way. Could be. Just There's no PR way that he lost that face. game after. Out of all the things that we've already heard, especially about LSU and the, and the talks that he was apparently in, in with with them, like of you know this huge salary. There's no fucking way that he was like at 11:30 last night. Was like, yeah, tough loss. We worked all week for. It. Anyway, do you guys want to talk about contracts? <laughs> Um, so awesome game. It gives um, Oklahoma state a chance to, to be in the college football playoff an outside shot, at least. Um, we're not going to break down this game, but it's on interesting score in the pac 12, Oregon 38, Oregon state 29. Beautiful. I told what I thought was going to happen. I said, they were either going to come out and be close or they were going to do what they were supposed to do. And that is like, like it would be one of those like close games to the end. And they, Oregon state battled back or whatever. Um, you know, things like that apparently just never go away. Uh, but they like they Oregon came out and they were up like 14 0, like in the first, I don't know, five minutes. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. Um, we don't have a lot of Clemson followers. And for South Carolina fans' sake, we'll we won't break the game down, but no, yeah, was, that's, they that's, got manhandled and it's it was it sucked to watch. But I will say the it doesn't like it sucks because I, I they hate each other, I man. They fucking hate each other. But you're going bowling. 
So who fucking cares what Clemson does? Like, like you, yeah. you've had a much more successful season from a standard standpoint than they have. Good point. Um, and DJU still sucks. Yeah, 99 yards passing. Uh, on the flip side, couldn't have been more wrong about this game. Kentucky 52, Louisville 21. Um, yeah, one of us was wrong about that game. I sat there and said Malik Cunningham's coming in, one of the hottest quarterbacks in the country. Um, and you know, Kentucky's been struggling against good quarterbacks that are mobile. And uh, yeah, I the, like, Kentucky came out and put up 511 yards of offense, absolutely destroyed. And that's without Levis even throwing a touchdown. Now, he did run for f- four touchdowns and over 100 yards to join right. Rodriguez, but. Um, just absolutely dominated and and we'll be totally honest when this game was being played there were a lot of other really good games chris and i didn't have a keen eye on this game i didn't watch it for a second yeah i yeah, like, me either. and like, that's not a, a slap in, in their face but it's like bedlam's on uh mm-hmm. the, in the game we're gonna talk about next the AM lsu game and then there was something else on too i don't know it might have been golden girls i don't remember well, Clemson was on, which I didn't watch that. And then no, there was, was uh, Oregon, Oregon State. Um, well, that was at 3.30. But, I mean, regardless, yeah. it was like a lot going on. But, um, you know, a, a fantastic season uh, for Kentucky. And, and I think more than – like the cool part about that game, honestly, just to wrap that up, is Louisville is your rival. They're coming off this uh, – you know, like in-state rival, I guess. They're, they're coming off this performance from Lee Cunningham that is like possibly statistically the best one of the entire season for any individual player. Like – seven touchdowns, 500 yards, all that kind of shit. You have shown at times like to kind of, you know, not take advantage of the moment. And you went to their place and just showed you like, I'm Mark Stoops. I've been here for eight years. I'm a better coach than what's on the other sideline. I have a better staff and I've hired a better staff of better coaches than what you have on that sideline. And all the talent that I have as well, they're also better than y'all. And we're gonna go here and we're gonna beat the shit out of you. And it's that's to see Kentucky flex their muscle like that against a you know, that kind of opponent was was good. Quick question before we move on. Given what we've seen from the coaching moves, was that Mark Stoops' last game at Kentucky? I just don't see why he would leave. It, he he is it's the Brett Bielema thing. It's like Mark Stoops is a really normal down-to-earth guy. He's from fucking Youngstown, Ohio. Like anytime we've talked to him, he's been amazing. He's 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 funny. And and he kind of has a chip on his shoulder that like of of what he's built at Kentucky because nobody ever seems to give him credit. And like you talk about like the as a program standpoint, where he's at versus where the LSU expects him to be, it like his record is still his record against top opponents, and they're they're not going to go away. But the other side of it is like you go to Kentucky and he gets a he gets a built in raise every year, and then on top of that he had what was it? It was like like last year he had the third first round uh, draft pick um, take, or like they had the first third linebacker taken in the first round of the NFL draft in like the last four or five years. They had only had, I think the same amount in like in the last 11 before it was like, whatever the stat was, it was like, it, like three times. It took three times as long before he got there than what he did in the past three years. Like they are, they are not peaking, but they are trending upwards. And it's like increasingly, it's really good. I didn't say any of those words correctly. Before we get to A and M LSU, quick shout out to Arkansas and Sam Pittman, eight and four now on the year. Um, oh, we didn't even talk about yeah. the Egg Bowl. Oh, we didn't even talk no, the Egg Bowl. Shit. Is that video of Kiffin pretending he was scared of heights? Yeah, what was that all about? That was fucking weird. Uh, that's he does. Too, he, he's doing too much there. Dude, Thursday seems like it was last week. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, <laughs> I can't believe we just almost skipped over the Egg Bowl. I mean, like. 
and it was a good game, but it was like, yeah, it does. I mean, it feels like it's fucking decade ago. It was I ate an entire pecan pie by myself. I actually got I got sick that night. I I didn't even watch the game. I fell asleep at like eight. It was um, it was fun, man. It was it was fun. Like it was impressive for what Ole Miss did. Uh, what was the other thing he asked? What did I ask? Yeah, or what did you say? I was just, just give a shout out to Sam Pittman, eight and four. Oh, yeah. Clearly ahead of schedule. Traylon Burks, another big game. Um. I mean, eight and four for Arkansas after where they were with Chad Morris. Unbelievable job by Sam Pittman. Cole Kubik made a comment about one of these stats, and it was like, I'll, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna miss, I'm gonna miss, uh, what do you call it? Repeat it." But he was like, it, they, "Bottom line, they they had eight wins in the regular season, which is the most they've had in a decade, and they won all three trophy games." And they were asking, they were like, "You know, is that the first time in program history?" And, and he made some comment about it. It's like, you know what, like. I think it, it seems like it's like one of those things he'd be whispering if I'm like, you know, like if he was coaching a fucking eight and under softball team, he's like, a lot of these kids have never had trophies. It's like the Michael over things. Like I never had one of these. Like what? A family? It's like a bed. Oh God, Sam. Um, no, but it was an impressive win. And they did a, they did a good job from start to finish. It was cool to see that group specifically go out. Cause I think that's a group that'll be admired and remembered for a long time. Almost probably as much as the 2017, even though they didn't win as much. I agree. Um, last game here, and it was a doozy. LSU 27, Texas A&M 24. I happened to call this game. Um, I just felt like the players were going to get up for this game and be there for Coach O because it didn't seem like he lost the team in that general way. It just seemed like things were kind of unraveling in the – off the field in his personal life right. to go along with, you know, some other off the field issues at LSU, just things weren't really trending in the right direction. Um, and man, they get up. I mean, Max Johnson has a great game. Um, the throw there to Dre Jenkins at the end is incredible. I mean, coach O just an absolutely incredible out outro for his career there at LSU. Um, we do have some voicemails, but I wanted to just um, get your opinion on the game, okay. and then just let's just quote start quoting some stuff about Jimbo Fisher's record at Texas A&M. Let's also let's let's like look. We should do it next week, but let's or next episode. Let's look back on the the career of Ed Orgeron because I I sat here all day singing "Candle in the Wind" by Elton John, um, just thinking about that man leaving. Just me, you live your life. I wanted to put like a video together, but we can't get we get we'll get like copyright stuff. So I'll just sing it to everybody. Um, Coach O, it, this game was incredible. The defense stepped up. They, I mean, it, it was, it looked, you know, it looked pretty bad at times, um, but they did the things necessary to win a game, which is what you need. And it was impressive. Um, the other part of that is afterwards, I got a video from a buddy of mine down there. <laughs> it's just Coach O. <laughs> like, like it, it was funny to watch that big, that big dumb animal just, just grin from ear to ear and, and, and be, excited they're his favorite team one right and then you kind of thought like in any other person any other fucking normal person that has like something that's that close to their heart and in that moment where they're sad and all that kind of stuff like it's like you know this is being taken away from you and you gotta that you won a national championship there two years ago you and now you have to leave this place mm. and maybe i'm just i'm just too much of a pussy to 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 ever understand who he is as a person because coach O brought some new blonde into the fucking press conference room. <laughs> she led the way in. He walked behind her. One of the first questions was, so what's next coach? What's next? For you? He goes, Destin, I'll be there tomorrow. 
Love that. My man's going to Destin, by the way. He had $9 million this year, and he gets a $5 million check in like three days. He's going to be a Destin. red bar. Frank yes. fucking blows. I, you go to Destin, like, I went to Destin with like 17 because I had like $200 to my name. <laughs> it's nicer now. Yeah. Um, so through the first 48 games as head coach at Texas A&M, just want to do a little comparison to Kevin Sumlin. Uh, Jimbo Fisher, 34 wins. That's awesome in a 48-game stretch. Kevin Sumlin, 34 wins. Nine of those ranked for Kevin Sumlin, ranked wins. Jimbo Fisher, only seven. How about ranked road wins? Kevin Sumlin, five ranked road wins in his first 48 games as head coach at Texas A&M. Jimbo Fisher, zero. Also, Jimbo Fisher's salary in that time, $30 million. Um, Kevin Sumlin, $13 million and fired. That is from Kyle Umlang. Umlang. And uh, the other one, uh, which was a phenomenal tweet by Bruce Feldman, um, where he states, I just want to get this correct. Um, since 2018, when Jimbo Fisher went to AM, Jimbo Fisher, 34 and 14. Orgeron, 36 and 14. One of them fired, one of them extended. Yeah, well, you want to have a ranked win. And one of them actually opponents. won a national championship. And was top, it was, was seven overs, top 10 teams that year. I know I'm always sound extremely bitter. You are. When I talk about Jimbo Fisher, it's because I am. But man, he may get to the playoff in his tenure there. But man, it it doesn't hurt my heart to see what's what's gone on here because I I I actually was a believer in A and M this year. And to, to we just said it earlier, to have four losses when one of them one of the games you actually beat Alabama. Okay, but hold on. And there's I not even this- there's no excuse for that. I mean, I'm honestly, gonna, they, they, they had an injury at QB, which is tough. But you've had right. four years to build a roster of QBs. You didn't have anyone else. I mean, you're, the, you're the QB guru. Okay, so here's what I'll say. I think I, I'm not going to blame us for, for thinking they were going to be good. And, and listen, Robert Barons is, is fucking great. I love that dude. He was, he was super really nice knowledgeable. He's like the nicest dude ever. I can't, I, his, the look he gave me, the first cuss word I said, I was like, oh, he doesn't, this is bad. He doesn't yeah, do this. Yeah, we're going to but I will say that just just being defensive and and not wanting to admit that I'm wrong, I just think we got you know we always talk about how culty that that place is. I think we just got kind of we got talked into it. We got we got yeah well, we drank the juice. Yeah, as you do. Um, we do have two voicemails. Do you want to say anything before we play these and then head out? No, we'll, we'll say goodbye at the end. I got one one announcement. All right. Uh, <laughs> hey. Hucks. Uncle Chris. True resident Aggie fan Carson here again. And oh no, Carson. Fuck me. <laughs> battered Aggie syndrome, as I've heard it called, it's back in full effect. And it's just sadness. Sadness wallowing in my heart. I'm in a glass case of emotion, Chris. I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. Also doesn't know what they're going to do with themselves, the Sooners, the Buckeyes. <laughs> and I guess Alabama, man, they're good. They're so, I mean, like, guys, those three games, I mean, made me feel better. Like, that's amazing. That's what college football is all about. And Alabama showed a lot of resiliency, but they're, they're going to get, they're going to get, you know, they're going to get their rear ends handed to them by Georgia, Damn. man. Um, yeah, man. 
it was a great day of football. I'm just I'm sad about A&M, but it was a great day of football nonetheless, man. I, I fucking love this sport, and I'm sad as hell, but hey, man, you live for days like today and, and all, around the whole sport, you know, not where you just root for your own team. So fuck the Sooners. Hey, Jason, Florida won. They're bowl eligible. Congrats to you, man. That's the best. Um, see y'all later. Love you guys. Bye. One Love you more, Carson. So, like, one man. more. <laughs> oh, there's one more. My bad. Yeah, there's one more. T Hook, Seymour. What a great way for Coach O. That fucking Mickey. Finish off his career at LSU. It's late right now. This came in at two o'clock in the morning. Just got his wife called me. I, we have a phone to pick. Give a shout out to my boy Nelson Mandela. What? <laughs> what? Yep. Nelson Mandela. Last time that uh, Texas A&M Aggies beat Elstree Tigers in Death Valley it was 1994, the same year that Nelson Mandela was elected president in South Africa. So, yeah. Just a shout out. You know, don't want anybody to forget that. Just Jimbo just can't get it done in Death Valley. But anyways. Doesn't matter who we hire, the next head coach could be Lincoln Riley. Nope, don't think that's going to happen. Could be Bill Belichick. Who knows? Hell, I'll, I'll take a shot at it. I don't care. I'll do it for free. Anyways, did an awesome job with the podcast. I love you guys. There it is. You know what? I want to say. I want to say something real quick. That you know, I love Mickey too. He's one of my, my closest friends. He's become one of my best friends for for about three weeks. Turned my life around when I went to Baton Rouge, and then everything went to shit afterwards. But we'll be fine. <laughs> um, and, and here's the deal. Like, I just I I got so close with not just Mickey, but like even his wife M. She's the best, and their baby G, um, Genevieve. Call her G Unit. G Unit. They're the best fucking people. I thought. I thought. And then I got a phone call from Emily, his wife, literally as we're going to overtime. And I just assumed, Tyler, that this was a congratulations, take a breath, like, don't, like you know, calm yourself down, like you guys are going to be fine. It was not. She very matter-of-factly said, I just want to let you know that um, we're going into the game and I, I hope you guys lose. We, we were watching it and you should have already lost, but I hope you lose and I just wanted you to know that. And I was like, all right. Oh, wow. <laughs> You got to respect it, but um, okay. All right. See if I ever stay at your house for free again. <laughs> so there you have it. That's the recap of the week. Uh, Chris, I know you got one more thing to talk about, and then we will be out. God, this has been a long episode, but yeah, much needed. Okay, so here's the deal. Yeah, really, it's the last, last week of the year, and all that kind of stuff's the worst. Um, all right, so we, we loosely brought this up, and we'll have to iron out like details this week, okay? But there is a possibility that we are going to have a meetup in Atlanta uh, for the SEC Championship game. I, I will tell you that I will be out drinking uh, in Atlanta for the SEC Championship, and I'll be at the game on Saturday. Tyler, a um, little bit more has to work around because he has two kids um, that he had on purpose, but still. And it's like, if you guys would like to do this, um, we want to hear some feedback on it. If you don't want to do it, if, you, if you're like, Chris, we're not going to fucking drive to this place, like, you know, we'll just see on Saturday, maybe. Um, we don't have an organized tailgate that we can do. It just was turned on just as, you know, still the COVID protocols and shit. But on Friday night, um, we would like to have a get-together, most likely at the Battery, in at a, at a bar that we think um, 
we will have full access to. It'll be just us. Uh, we'll get more of the details, like I said, later. But we but, need the volume of people for it to work. Yeah. And like, I mean, cause listen, like I, I'll drink by myself. I don't give a shit. Um, but if you guys would like to come out and if you guys would like to do something, cause you know, Connor did this a couple of years ago, or it was a Q and a, I don't necessarily see us doing that. We could do, no, I just want to hang out and drink and meet listeners. I've never met any of our listeners aside, aside from the people that I know that listen, we're going to have to do something. So it's like, we can get away with it for work, but yeah, it's fine. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, let's, you know, whatever you guys want to do, let's talk about it. Let's, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm viewing this as like either, I guess, uh, what's the best way to put it? Like the last night I have before like death row or like my last night as a free man, like bachelor party stuff, because the next day my life's going to be ruined by Georgia. So let us know what you guys think. We will talk to you then. Um, until next time, I'm Chris Morrow. This is Tyler. Like, yeah, this is Tyler Huck. Yeah. We will see you then. Bye.